Hey everybody, this is Justin Michael Williams with Motivation for Black People, giving you trusted guidance to make your life better. And I have a very, very special and beautiful, I wish you guys could see her, <laughs> guest with me right now sitting in front of me. I have Victoria Casanova. Victoria, say what's up? What's up? <laughs> so if you guys don't know Victoria, she's an incredible, incredible artist. She creates, she she's created so much stuff that you guys probably have seen around. She created the first portrait ever of the first African-American female mayor of the city of San Francisco named London Breed. She created the actual like final movie poster for the MIA documentary. And my favorite of, of all the stuff that I've seen of hers <laughs> is for the We Rise exhibit where she created portraits of tons of celebrities, like original portraits of Kobe Bryant, Common, Ty Dolla Sign. The list goes on and on and on and on. And I can brag about this girl <laughs> forever. But today, believe it or not, the reason why I invited Victoria to be on the podcast is not to talk about art, no. is not to talk <laughs> about art. So I saw an Instagram post that Victoria did um, like a couple of weeks ago, actually, and it moved me so deeply. It moved me so deeply that I had to invite her to come share this story with you guys because... You, you're going to be blown away by mm -hmm. this story. I don't want to give anything away. And um, so Victoria is going to talk to us about her story. And then she's also going to give us three very important life lessons that every single person who is on a path to growth, on a path to healing, people who've been through trauma, people who are going through trying times or going through struggles and feel like they can't find their way out, for all of you, for all of us, this story is for you. So... Victoria, thank you for being here. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> so we got we to gotta hear the story. I just want to get into the story of what happened to you. Like, talk to us about what was going on in your life at that time before and then, you know, what happened. Okay. So at the time, I was designing um, clothing, like, for Urban Outfitters. I was working with this great company called Truly Madly Deeply. I was just super happy in my mm -hmm. life. Just moved into this great apartment, too. And then... Um, so a month into just moving there, we went to a friend's birthday at like a bar area and it was me and two other friends. We walked back to my place and I realized I locked my keys in my apartment. Okay. And so... What city are we in right now? Hollywood. Okay. You're in Hollywood in Hollywood, Los Angeles. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, so I told him, I was like, just wait out front. I'm going to go around and just try to hop through the window because the fire escape balcony was right next to my window which was open and it didn't have a screen on it at the time okay it was wide open um so and then i i think i remember i called the locksmith too and they were like oh it's gonna be like four hundred dollars like, or something crazy to get it yeah so okay. i'm like screw that i'm just gonna go and scale the building because i thought i was like invincible and like, right <laughs> so I went and climbed the outdoor fire escape and as i was hopping over the balcony to then hop through my window, I slipped and fell. And I fell five stories. Oh, my God. Because um, I lived on the fifth story. And what's funny is I remember the sensation of falling. I don't remember anything after that. But I remember, like, thinking in that moment, like, okay, I'm falling. Like, this is happening. Like, yeah. it was very calm. Yeah. It was an interesting Wait, that's thing. really interesting. So, hold on. You're flying <laughs> through this thing as if I know. it was just like, oh, this happened, and then this <laughs> happened, and this happened. So, keys locked in the apartment. Yeah. Because I don't want anybody on here thinking that she's crazy, right? Yeah, no, so, I'm not. And just so you guys know, I have never heard her tell this story. I read it on an Instagram post and I told her, don't tell me any details until I hear it on the podcast because I want to hear it just like you guys are hearing it. So 
you said, I'm going to climb up this fire escape yeah. because it's a fire escape. Yeah. Of course you can climb up it. Your window was unlocked or you could have got through the window to get yeah. your keys to come back down the stairs. And while you were hopping over the fire escape, you felt, did you trip? Did you? I remember like I, I was, I was climbing over the end of the railing and I, it's like I didn't reach to my window and I was like oh. hopping over and I just slipped and fell. Mind you, were I you was, sober? Yeah. I was just about to say that oh, okay. I was hundred percent sober. Okay. Okay. So, which is, I know. And you fell strange. five stories. Five stories. So take us to that moment. Because you said the only moment that you can remember, you could remember falling. Yeah. I know it was quick, probably. Yeah. But what was the experience like in that moment of knowing I am falling five stories? Did you, were you cognizant of the fact that that was happening? Yeah. You know, it was, it was almost like I had this energy that was moving with me or something that was like, okay, you know, this is happening and it, it was it was interesting. It was for a very split second, but it felt like longer yeah. than the second. But yeah. I just had this. Um, I remember thinking, just like okay, like it was. It was almost like I was at peace with what was happening. You had no control. No really. control. Yeah, you're in complete surrender. Yeah, and later on, I remember my doctor actually telling me that it was because I had explained what happened, and he's like, "It's good that I was calm and not so tense because when your body is tense and you hit impact." you can create a lot more damage. Wow. Okay. But. So you hit the floor. Yeah. And did you just fall straight onto the ground or did you hit stuff or what I happened? fell straight down like to the ground. At the time it was um, like kind of that hardened dirt. Yeah. Which I'm lucky because it could have been like concrete or which something. Which would have been worse. Way worse. Um, so I fell on my feet. I fell uh, vertically. Okay. So I, um, my feet were just crushed. They're completely crushed. Um, in my spine, my lumbar spine, which is your lower spine, it broke in half. Oh my and god! I yeah. So and then my sacrum broke, and then I had four brain traumas. Now I don't remember anything that happened during this time. Okay. And um, at the time, my friend there, I guess they were like, "Where's Victoria?" After a while, so they didn't even know you fell. No. Oh. So and they were also very. Um, intoxicated and okay. we're on some, I don't know what happened with that. well they were on some stuff or whatever but anyways so um they found me and do you know how long it took I mean you weren't conscious but did they know does anybody know I don't know how long it took for them uh, to find me but right. what happened after this is what well, is a little um a little sketchy sketch yeah but and I won't I don't want to mention the names of these people but um so at the time they were under 21 I guess and from what I was told they were afraid that if they called paramedics they would get like breathalyzed or something like that so they ended up picking me up and the thing is when they didn't know what happened to me they just saw me on the ground so like I can in a sense understand where it's like oh I you know you're super you know inebriated or whatever and you don't know what happened to the person pick pick her up like get her up yeah of course Yeah, yeah so they just didn't know what was going on but the issue with that is my spine, when I fell, it broke, and then I'm laying here. So when they picked me up, gravity shifts. So my spine then sunk under my pelvis, pulling all of my spinal nerves, which you're, if you ever look at like an anatomy graph, like your spinal nerves kind of drape down your vertebrae. Okay. So they were pulled at a 90 degree angle, like rubber bands. And if they snapped, I would have been like paralyzed from the waist down. Oh my God. So that's why I'm like really blessed that that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, so they put me in an Uber and they took me back to their apartment and her other roommates came out and were like, what happened to Victoria? I guess. Wait, they put you, they put you in an Uber? Yeah. And then took you 
to her apartment. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what? And you were unconscious? I were you don't awake? Remember. I think I, I was. I'm. I was. I from what I was told because yeah. I don't remember. You don't remember? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. What did they say? They. I was. I was crying. Or I was complaining about my back or something, and so. Um, so they took me out. They're in the living room, I guess, and they said that there was blood everywhere. And um, she was, she was, she didn't know what happened. I think she just said like, "Oh, she just tripped and fell, or something, or something was like going on." And um, so I fell at midnight, and I wasn't admitted into the hospital until I think like five a.m. or something what like that. What the fuck? That's from what I was told. So, because I don't remember any of this, um, and so I had to get. I lost so much blood at the time. I had to get two blood transfusions. Um, and that whole first week when I was in the hospital was crazy. Um, Hold on. Before you go into the hospital, I have yeah. to know this. And you don't have to say anybody's <laughs> names. Are you still friends with these people? Because I know everybody's wondering that. <laughs> yeah, I I try. You know, it's interesting because I tried to like be befriend this person yeah and things just started happening where i think i didn't deal with my trauma as well like i was like i forgive this person like i wanted to forgive her yeah i wanted because i felt like i wasn't a good person if i didn't just forgive and move forward and yeah you know but things just happened in our friendship that were just kind of like this doesn't feel right and so i i just ended up you know kind of distancing myself Um, i think i think there's something so important and we talk about forgiveness a lot you know and i think there is a difference between forgiveness and acceptance, mm. right? And I think um, sometimes we think that when we forgive people, that means that we have to accept and like uh, dismiss the accountability for yes. what they've done, right? Yes. But it doesn't mean that. Like we can forgive somebody and they're still accountable for their choices, which yes. might lead to some consequences like this like a new boundary being set or this friendship doesn't work any longer things need to change i just like i'm i like to be so careful about forgiveness with people because every time i'm teaching about this i think people assume that forgiveness means okay everything's fine yeah i bring you back into my life the way that it was before yes and that's how you felt that's how that's what was my understanding of forgiveness i was Mm -hmm. like i need to just like it's no good holding negative energy i know that this girl at the time like if she was sober she would have made probably different choices um and I felt it hurt me to know that that was on her or what she did which the accident wasn't her fault it was my fault right but I get it okay I just had to ask that question because I know people are thinking well shit who's friends yeah yeah you You know like who are you (laughs) hanging out with you know oh man so okay okay that makes (sighs) sense yeah no the forgiveness journey is is freaking real you know especially when things happen but I think as long as we all know that you can forgive and still hold people accountable for what they've done. It doesn't yeah. mean that you have to accept what they've done as accurate or right or dismiss what's happened, but we can forgive within our own self so we don't hold the resentment yes. any longer. And know? that's what I'm learning still to this day because I sometimes have to see her every now and then, rarely, but like mm-hmm. I just don't want negative energy. But it's hard when you're the one that went through the trauma. Yeah. Okay. So, so continuing on the story. Yes. So where so, were we? So I'm in the hospital, and by this time, my mom and my dad and everyone came to L.A. The first week, doctors um, told me that I was going to be crippled for the rest of my life or that I was going to be in a wheelchair. How old were you? I was 22. Okay, and now you're? 25. 20. Okay, cool. Got yeah. it. Okay. So um, 
and then I they also had said I was gonna have to get a permanent colostomy bag. What is that? So that is where is that all the thing of, you poop in? Yeah, like oh. all your bowel movements. Because I couldn't I couldn't use the bathroom by myself. Um, basically, when you're when you mess up your nerves um, in your lumbar area, that's from the waist down. So I couldn't move my legs at one point. Yeah. I remember and like couldn't use the bathroom myself. Like it was a wow. whole thing with that um so this hospital was actually just like a terrible hospital oh no <laughs> they gave me a surgery on my foot which was my right foot was the one that was crushed the most and this doctor did a surgery he shouldn't have done um and long story short i ended up growing necrotic tissue which means that the skin is dying and therefore my foot was like dying oh no so i was at risk of getting my right foot amputated oh my god um, <laughs> And that not from the accident, that from the fucked up surgery. Yeah. Okay. So, so then uh, my mom is like, my mom is like a superhero. She dropped her whole life and stayed with me in the hospital every day for three and a half months. And she never left my side. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kimberly Savalas, that's her. That's, she's the one. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) but, um, anyway, so she helped me to get transferred to the right hospital. They put me back together and they, um, Everything that these doctors in this first hospital were saying were completely false and or wrong. Like I was not needing to be in a wheelchair. I didn't have to. Well, at some point I did need to be in a wheelchair for a certain amount of time. Um, But it wasn't something where, you know, they were like, oh, you're going to be this for the rest of your life. Like, no. And I remember during that time, too, like I was so determined in my mind to not allow what no matter how many doctors were coming in saying, this is what's happening, this is what you are, blah, blah, blah. It was weird. It was like, I was like, no, I'm going to create my own body in this situation. Mm. Like, I'm going to, this, no, that's not going to be what's going to happen for me. Like, which was interesting because during that time, I realized that I felt like this happened to my body, but it didn't happen to me. Oh, wow. That way you got to pause there because that's real. (laughs) That's actually, I've never heard somebody say that like that. This happened to my body, but it didn't happen to me because you are the soul, the spirit that is inside of you. Yeah. Inside of that sack of meat that is the body, right? Flesh, bud, blood, bony, all of that is just, it was just my body. It's like my body was like the vessel in which my, source energy can express itself through Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i really saw the distinction in that more so than ever um during that time so it was interesting because people were like oh you're so strong like you're getting through it like when friends would visit me in the hospital or whatever but it was like i didn't even see myself as strong it was just almost like i had no other choice or avenue of thought it was like okay this has happened to my body so i just gotta wait for it to like heal and you know get all this together and i'm gonna control in my own mind, I was thinking, like, I'm going to control how this is going to play out no matter what doctors tell me. Mm. So, <laughs> so what are some of the things that the doctors told you? So for a while that I was at risk of um, getting my foot amputated. So, like, they had to do um, eight surgeries. They had to clean out the infection of the necrotic tissue. So I, at one point, I remember, like, going, I was almost like, it was either every day or every other day. It was surgery after surgery after surgery. And I think it got to a point where they couldn't keep giving me anesthesia. Mm. And um, they had they have any they didn't tell me for a little bit that I was at risk of amputation. But then later on, they they did. But I just it was almost like that wasn't even it wasn't an option. Yeah, it wasn't an option like at all. And 
I just started to really notice like your power of thought, yeah. like your cells interact with your thought. Like yeah. it's like, I'm pretty sure they, they're able to even prove that. Through yeah, no, they physics. are. Yeah. In, in science, they've proven now that your cells and your body, like that is the whole body brain system gosh yeah. there's like a major airplane going by us right now which i'm sure you guys can hear <laughs> but you're just gonna have to deal with that so just like is it gonna hit my house like those are the secrets. so anyway the body mind system is yeah. super interconnected right yeah. and we like to think that they're separate but that's the whole thing about our thoughts creating our reality not only our reality outside of us but mm-hmm. the reality of who we think we are they actually say that um a lot of kids who have asthma and then grow up to have asthma or grow up to have tons of allergies. I have tons of tons of allergies. I'm allergic yeah. to a million things. They say a lot of it actually happens because when they're a little kid, they eat something and they get a little tiny something, like just a little tiny rash on their face. And then their mom goes, oh, you're allergic to nuts. And then mm. their mind goes because it's so permeable, says... I'm allergic to nuts. I'm allergic to nuts. Yeah. Or the kid has one day where they're running a lot and they have, they're wheezing a little bit. And the mom goes, oh no. The doctor goes, you have asthma. Yeah. Let's give you an inhaler. So right. now the in the kid's mind, I am a person who has asthma. And so now they create a life in which they have asthma. Yes. You know? And so you're like living proof that your thoughts can change all of this, even when yeah. the doctors are telling you something differently. Big time. So what are some of the other things they told us? So the foot being amputated. Um, Let's see. At the time it was that I was going to have to be in a wheelchair. Wheelchair. Um, And the, the, I remember the doctor using the word crippled. Like wow. I would be like crippled. Did they say you weren't going to be able to, you weren't going to be able to walk ever again? Uh, I went, I think one doctor at one point said that, or wow. like I was just going to always be either like a walker or I would be hunched over. Yeah. They wouldn't, um operate on my back at one point so that it was going to be something where my back was just going to be forever messed up wow um but they thank god um this one doctor dr spudamore put it all back together um and so you proved this all wrong yeah you are if you guys can see she walked right up in here <laughs> wearing a fabulous outfit i must say thank you. <laughs> thank you. you guys have to look this girl up p.s what's your instagram so people can find you it's at v casanova c-a-s-s-i-n-o-v-a v casanova you guys have to see her artwork see her she's beautiful stunning radiating light energy Aww. and so okay keep going tell me the rest of the well the rest of the story is that you healed yeah i healed and it was a process so like in the hospital, it was constant physical therapy, and it was yeah. extreme pain. So this is where the pain factor started coming in. Um, I didn't go a day without being in pain for about like two and a half years. I still experience <sighs> it a little bit here and there just as I'm healing still. But um, the pain was so bad. They had me on oxycodone, morphine, Percocet, Dilaudid. Oh, my God. At the, the same time, and it still didn't do it still didn't cover the pain. Um, and they had to like, they had, there's this process where like I couldn't lay in one position for long. Otherwise I guess your back, something happened. So they had to constantly move the pillow and that would hurt to even move like an inch. It would just hurt. Uh. Um, and, uh, so that was a challenge of like not letting your body control your mind, meaning like the, the pain. Sometimes the pain really did, get to me because when you're constantly in pain every day it can really affect like yeah. your just your mental stability but um i don't know it's like i managed to get to get through that you know i think what i'm hearing right now that's just so relatable you know because i think a lot of people some people listening have gone through things just as traumatic and i think a lot of people have not you know but i think with all of the traumas and things that we deal with there is 
an, a healing process that we have to mm-hmm. go through yeah. for all of our traumas. And sometimes we like to rush through those things because yes. they hurt, right? Or we try to rush through the pain because it hurts. And obviously we want that pain to go away. But I imagine that you are strong as hell <laughs> after going through something like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, it's interesting. Like, so as I was healing, oh, after after the three and a half months of being in the hospital, I went back to my mom's uh, place where I kind of recovered with my parents. I couldn't walk for six months, so I had to learn how to walk again there. Wow. And I just felt like I was watching the world spin and I was just outside of the world like i wanted to be in the world so bad like Mm. and by that point i was like envisioning myself walking down the street like the the idea or vision of just walking down the street with like friends was just like feel so far away uh felt so far away but also was like that's when i know that was my definition of success at the time wow so (laughs) you know what this is like it goes to um the idea of of holding a vision in your mind and that's the thought that you're leading towards that can create your reality because you could have very easily resigned. Yeah. All the pain could have just said, fuck this, this hurts too much or I'm never going to get better again or listen to one of these doctors. But you had a vision in your mind of I'm going to be able to walk down this street. Yeah. And that vision gave you like purpose, right? And gave you strong intention and the willpower and the motivation and the desire to get up and do something different. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, big time. So the that year and a half was was it was tough because it, it's interesting because after trauma, it's like you're you're you kind of go in like somewhat of a shock where it's like okay, I just got to get my body back, and then when you're a little bit more healed, then that's when the emotional side of it seems to like surface. Mm. So I noticed um, a lot of like kind of emotional trauma started to surface in like friendships or relationships when I came back to LA to get back into the swing of of life and so those insecurities or those um like I've had trouble more so recently with like the with abandonment Mm. and I realized that might have connected to like feeling like you know I was in a situation that no one really did much to help me with like but I'm working through that now and it's kind of like applying everything that I had applied during the time of like being in the hospital and being like, no, like I'm not going to, you know, adopt that, that mindset of like, I am this wounded, like damaged goods yeah. kind of thing. No. Like, yeah. And, and you don't have to accept that reality. Yeah. And I think this is so important for all of us to remember, especially when the doctors tell us shit. Yeah. You know, because it's this authority figure and they say things with such a fine, final statement. Mm-hmm. And I think this is so dangerous. I remember when my grandmother, um, who's passed away now, and I wrote the first single that I ever came out with, I wrote about her. And she got diagnosed with stage four cancer. And the doctors told her, you have two months max. Ugh. That's what they told her. She lived for almost 10 more months. 10. And I remember at like the, it's like the mark. And so first of all, at the mark of like almost two months, like a month and a half, I was looking at her. I was like, she doesn't look like she's going to die. Like, <laughs> I was just thinking like, yeah, hmm, you know, like she doesn't look like it doesn't seem like that's what's going to happen. Like I know she's sick and she's losing some weight, but it just doesn't. And then what would happen is every day starting at that two month mark that I got a phone call, I thought it was that. 
But it was, you know, I was like, I was freaking out because I was like, oh, she probably died. Yeah. Oh, she probably died. Oh, she probably died. So for nine months of which, you know, we thought it was going to happen, it didn't happen. But, you know, these doctors can't play God. No. You know? Not and at all. The no. miracles happen every day, especially when we have our mindset in the right place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. And it is so powerful, like our mindset. And it's not, and it takes a lot of like training too. Like I had to almost like train my own mind because there's times when it's like you'll, something will happen in your outside reality or in your environment and you'll have this reaction but like if you can get out ahead of it before it starts to pick up momentum like if you get a thought like oh like this made me feel this way or oh my gosh I'm feeling pain right now if you can the second you get that thought to just be like start thinking about how you're going to be maybe coming out of that or Mm -hmm. or something anything any little thing that can just make you feel the slightest bit okay if you switch your mind to just that then that other negative thought won't build as much It doesn't much gain momentum. momentum. Yeah. yeah, it's I love that idea of getting ahead of it. And yeah. this this ties into so what I asked Victoria to do you guys is I I told her based on this story, I said I want her to think of her three biggest lessons that she learned about this because yes, this story is obviously just so incredible to listen to and the fact that on the other side of it, she is sitting here walking, <laughs> thriving as an artist in Los Angeles you know, when the doctor said it wasn't possible, I wanted her to give us the three lessons that she thought she learned from this situation. So what's the first one? I know the first one actually is all about thoughts. So yeah, so it's just your mind can heal your body, but can also heal your environment. You can Mm. create what you want through the power of focus and through your intention, through how you feel. Um, That is, I feel, one of the most powerful things that a human, a conscious, awake human can have. Yeah. Um, is that. And then um, to not adopt the mindset of being a victim. Okay. So that's number two. Yeah. That's so number, number one is about your thoughts. Yeah. And using your thoughts to create your reality, which I think we've talked about plenty on this episode. And the second one is big. Yeah. Do not adopt the mindset of being a victim. Talk to me about this. So like whenever something happens, it's like we instantly, uh, sometimes as a defense, we want to like shelter ourselves and kind of like almost coddle ourselves in a way where we want to blame everything outside of us but there's strength that comes out of every or growth or expansion that comes out of every situation like there would be no expansion if there was no um I don't know contrast of life to provide us with preferences meaning like Mm. we need the yin and yang so like if something happened like I I like I fell off a building, I could easily be like, oh my God, for the rest of my life, I'm going to be this damaged thing. Or I could choose the expansion that comes from that. Yeah. So, so it's choosing to grow from our traumas yeah. versus to let them take us down. And it really is a mindset choice, but also it's, we're not victims. We are the creators right. of our reality. Yeah. And yeah. And you know, I think sometimes it's hard for us to hear because we do deal with as people of color, we deal with systemic oppression and we deal with things that are very real um, and that have held us down. And I think that one of the keys to unlocking this is to switch the perspective, right? Is to switch the perspective to not ignore what's happening because we still need to address these issues. It wasn't like you pretended you could walk and just tried to walk down the street without healing, right? You had to really accept what was happening, but then also choose how do I empower myself in this environment, in this situation, instead of 
becoming the victim. Yeah. Mm. And that's not always easy, but you can do it mm-hmm. under the most extreme conditions. You, It's so possible. Girl, I'm thinking if you could do it, <laughs> laying there in that bed on all those pills. Yeah. I can do it. <laughs> yes. I can do it. So what's Anyone the, can. What's the third, um, your third tip? That every everything is a choice. Mm. Everything is a choice. Like as much as we want to feel like, you know, oh, this happened to me and I wouldn't have chosen that or I wouldn't have chosen how to feel. Like we do. We choose how we want to feel by our attention to it. Whatever we give our attention to, it will become more. Mm. So if you want to feel better from a situation or you want to grow or you want to come become more, you got to focus on that vision. Make the choice to focus on what more do I want to be or yeah. what more have I become. It's all, you have to just let the becoming become. Wow. This is, I mean... Girl, I could talk to you forever. <laughs> you guys, I'm, I am I love that I got this story from you like in real time at the same time as all the listeners because I'm sure everybody's listening just like, ah, you know. Yeah. So before we close out, um, I actually want to read to you guys um, just the end. It was a very long post, but just the end of the post that inspired me to actually call Victoria in to come do this interview. What mm-hmm. she wrote was just so beautiful, and I think it ties this episode together perfectly. So I'm reading from uh, V Casanova, <laughs> at V Casanova's Instagram post. And she said, she shared a little bit about her story. And then she said, I want to share my story in hopes of reminding anyone out there who's going through it that anything really is possible when you put your mind to it and you let yourself grow by not adopting the mindset of being a victim to life. Everything is a choice and an optimistic mindset is a human's most powerful weapon. Your mind can heal. It wasn't easy to always get to that place, but with determination to overcome myself, I got there. Anyone can. We all have a story. Yes. Victoria, that is like (laughs) the most beautiful. I mean, really, it sums up. I think just this is an Instagram post, y'all, you know, like that we're reading. I just when I saw that, I was like, DM, get over here for an interview. So, Victoria, is there anything else you'd like to leave the audience um, with or the listeners with before we sign off? Ooh, there's so much to say. I would just just any anything really is possible and you can break the habit of whatever you whatever's been going on within yourself. No matter how long it's been, you can always choose a different route and Mm. therefore choose a different life that you want Mm. yeah thank you choose your life y'all choose it choose you and i know you're choosing you because you're taking the time out of your day to listen right to something like this that can elevate your mind elevate your life and help you overcome any situation that is plaguing your life in this moment so victoria is there any other place other than instagram that you want to tell people to check out even your art or your work or anything that's going on in the world with you yeah my website is just www.vcasanova.com that has all of my work on there um yeah you guys gotta check it it out it's beautiful (laughs) so thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast today thank you victoria for being here with me today i really appreciate it and if you haven't done so already make sure you go to motivationforblackpeople.com and put in your name and email address on our site over 40 thousand other people have done it already and we don't send any spam 
ever. That's our commitment to you. We send one email every week with a motivational audio guide by some of the trusted, most incredible experts in the world, giving you guidance to help make your life better so that we can all come up, so we can all break these patterns, so we can all live our best life. I love you. I thank you. I honor you. This has been Justin Michael Williams, and I will talk to you on the next podcast. 